Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Naomi Rovnik and this is News in Focus, where we offer our insights into the global news stories that matter. Greece's centre-right New Democracy Party has returned to power after defeating the far-left party Syriza at the ballot box on a promise of reviving the economy through tax cuts, reduced bureaucracy and more foreign investment. Katie Martin discusses the new government and the challenges it is facing with Ben Hall and Karen Hope. I set the, my, ambitious, my ambitions very high. I think we're, we're ready for uh, you know, a, big, a big leap um, uh, forward. And I think that Greece over the next uh, four years could be the pleasant uh, you know, success story of the Eurozone. That was the incoming Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis. Ben, what is the scale of the problems he's facing to turn Greece into what he calls the pleasant story of the Eurozone? Well, Greece, after eight years of international bailouts and a colossal 30% decline in its GDP, finally emerged last year from its rescue programmes. It's growing at just below 2%, but it still has unemployment of about 18%, a debt to GDP north of 180%. And although things have stabilised in Greece, nobody really thinks the economy has been fundamentally restored back to health or modernised. So, I mean, Karen, you know, we were just hearing about the state of the debt markets effectively, but what shape is Greece's economy in now after four years of populist government? Is there any sense that the economy is moving out of danger? Yeah, there is, but it's very slow and it depends a lot what happens under the new government. I mean, it's been growing for the last three years, but as Ben said, it's less than 2% a year. OK, that sounds quite good by the standards of the Eurozone but it's not anywhere what's needed to make it up for the huge amount of national import that was lost during the crisis. 2% of not very much is not very much, right? Absolutely. I mean, the EU and the IMF have projected around 2.5% in each of the last two years, but these targets have been missed, partly because the Syriza government was running very tight fiscal policies, and it also squeezed public investment. And it did that in order to hit the budget surplus target. It had agreed with the creditors and that affected the growth rate. And it looks like the same story this year. Mr Mitsotakis's party, New Democracy, won an absolute majority in these elections. And that's given him a relatively free hand to deliver reforms and do what he likes. I mean, first of all, what has he said about the legacy of his predecessor, Alexis Tsipras? And what do you think are going to be his first moves? Well, he's played a very cool campaign as far as Cyprus is concerned. He hasn't, didn't attack him at all, didn't mention him. And yesterday, which was the first day in government, he made absolutely sure that none of his ministers said anything nasty about the handovers that happened at the ministries. And that's even though they were at very different ends of the political spectrum, if you like. Completely at opposite ends. But I think... Perhaps in order to prevent a political backlash from Cyprus, Mitsotakis is trying to play it, we're all good guys and we're going to treat you as equals, we're not going to look at you as the failures who almost caused Greece to leave the Eurozone. Right. So what do you think are the first things he's going to try and deliver? Well, he's made a curious choice for his very first reform. He's going to abolish something called university asylum, which makes it impossible for the police to enter a university campus And that means that university premises have been vandalised and they're used by extreme left-wing groups and drug dealers. And it's been a problem probably for about 25 years. So he wants to get this cleaned up. So the law will allow the police to search a campus with a warrant and make arrests. The universities will set up their own security units 
And it's the first stage of a much bigger effort to modernise the education system. After that, it's going to be what we know about new laws on taxation, reducing red tape and promoting investment, and all pushed through by the end of August. That does sound like a strange thing to go for first. But Ben, how have Eurozone officials responded to his election promise that he's going to try and renegotiate the terms of Greece's debt relief? In particular, the line about maintaining a budget surplus of 3.5%. EU approval has always been something that the government has wrestled with over the years. What's their take this time? Well, on the very day that Mitsotakis took office, they rebuffed him, essentially. (laughs) Same old, same old. (laughs) Same old, same old. Eurozone finance ministers decided, well, basically said that there was no chance that they would let him renegotiate this primary surplus target of 3.5% of GDP, I think which stretches until 2022, which Cyprus had wanted to essentially unilaterally change And Mitsotakis also wants to do that because he probably rightly thinks that his chances of getting structural reforms through are going to be easier if he's got more fiscal leeway. And it's clearly been crimping growth. So you might argue that it's better to reduce the fiscal surplus in the short term in order to give a chance to really modernise the economy for the longer term. Yeah, there is a shift more broadly in the EU towards that point of view, right? So maybe it is better timing. Yes. I mean, there is definitely a sense that Brussels is becoming less rigid and more importantly, that other member states are pushing the boundaries. Italy's obviously been in a long standing tussle with Brussels, but France is probably the better parallel in a way. Macron bust his own fiscal targets in order to buy off the gilets jaunes protesters with a bunch of spending pledges. What's the Greek for gilets jaunes? Uh, <laughs> no, you're testing my Greek. <laughs> but I suspect Mitsotakis might be looking to Paris as a good example of why Greece should be given a bit more slack. So, Karen, New Democracy isn't actually a new party at all, but it was founded in 1974 and has been in power four times before. Mr Mitsotakis himself is a member of that old Greek political order, if you like, and has played a part in the mistakes of the past. Do you think he has what it takes to tackle embedded cronyism and corruption, which you could say are part of the problem in the first place? Well, I think Mitsotakis has actually played a much smaller role in the old kind of politics than other members of the old order and other members of his family. He only had one cabinet post as Minister of Public Administration. That was less for two years. And there his job was to fire civil servants, not to hire them. And then as a backbencher, he was quite critical of cronyism. And then when he became party leader, he actually stopped accepting funding for new democracy from Greek ship owners and business leaders who don't like to be called oligarchs. And he's also spoken about corruption in the judiciary, and that's one thing he wants his government to clean up. Now, it's important for his reputation, particularly abroad, to be seen as tackling cronyism and corruption. But it really is going to be difficult, because both are really deeply rooted in Greek society. And possibly his most important appointment, certainly from an EU point of view, what do we know about his choice of finance minister, Christos Stikoras? Well, he served as Deputy Minister of Finance in the last New Democracy government. That was 2012 to 2014. And he did okay, but he wasn't the boss. He's an engineer with an MBA from the UK, and he's got a PhD in finance. So he's got quite a varied background, and he's in his mid-40s. He does come from an old political family. His father was, I think, cabinet secretary to Karaman Lee's New Democracy government. That's another of the dynasties. But he's very much seen as a technocrat. He's very hardworking. He's going to be under a lot of pressure from the prime minister to deliver. 
So talking about delivering, I mean, Ben, what does Greece really need now in terms of institutional reforms? Poor old Greece feels like it's been reformed half to death. I mean, is this the government to do it? And what do you think it really has to do? I think it's obviously far too early to tell whether this is the government that can really deliver this, which is no doubt why the Eurozone finance ministers are reluctant to cut it too much slack just yet. Maybe they will a bit later down the line. What does it need to do? Well, it needs to restore faith in independent institutions and it needs to really get to grips with an economy which is still far too closed and uncompetitive. It needs to find ways of injecting much more competition and flexibility into its markets and to reduce its dependency on tourism. Otherwise, it's always going to be vulnerable. But do you feel like it's not spoiling for another fight with the markets? No, I don't think so. Not this government anyway. I think one thing that's worth remembering, and Karen alluded to it, Tsipras wasn't completely annihilated in this vote. And there aren't that many opposition parties with more than 30% share of the vote. So he's established himself as a political force in Greece. And no doubt he'll be waiting for his chance to come back to power if this government falters. Both of you, thanks very much. That was Katie Martin talking to Ben Hall, our Europe editor, and Karen Hope, our correspondent in Athens. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, if you missed our recent episodes on China's dilemma over Hong Kong, what a female-driven workplace would look like, or political violence in Germany, you can find them all on the usual podcast platforms. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.